Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Janelle Allen. Janelle helps business owners create and market online courses. As a trained instructional designer, she believes that every company is in the education business. She's worked with corporations such as Pearson Education, Potbelly Sandwich Works, Starbucks, and Apple to create training and online courses using principles of adult learning and design. In 2016, she pivoted her mission to help small business owners create profitable courses. And she's also done a ton of work with you gurus. So I can stand by Janelle's amazing work. She's helped us organize and create a bunch of courses and uh, just love hanging out with Janelle. So Janelle, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Janelle, we were talking about this a little bit in our pre-interview. I know your business has gone through some evolution over the last couple of years, maybe the last year in in specific, and we'll get to that. But I want you just to paint a a picture of what is your business today? What's the primary focus that you have? Who's an ideal client? Yeah. So my primary focus today is helping business owners with existing online courses to tighten up their marketing. And what that typically looks like is an audit followed by um, implementation of the strategy. I'm mainly focused on um, evergreen funnels. That's what what everyone wants, right? They wanna have their course on autopilot. So building out those funnels, doing some copywriting, setting up email marketing systems for business owners with courses. And my ideal client is like I said, someone who has a profitable business, an online business, and typically they have what I call a hybrid business. So they offer services and they have at least one course. So they have that mix of services and products. That's typically who I'm looking at. And they're they're comfortable and they're very motivated to hire someone. They're not someone who's trying to do everything themselves. They understand that they need to invest to grow. Now, this is a really fascinating evolution from my point of view, because I feel (laughs) like how I met you was here, I have this hot mess of an online course or, you know, process to help create courses with subject matter experts. I kind of had my own way of doing it, but it was really hard to replicate with other people. And we brought you in and you helped create a bunch Mm -hmm. of really awesome courses with our subject matter experts. You transition though, from helping people create courses to helping people launch and market them. What, what was the catalyst? The catalyst was actually um, someone who had been on my email list for a while. I think his name was Reuven Lerner. And I had met him. We went through a mutual program together. I think it was one of Brennan Dunn's programs. He reached out just randomly and said, you know, he needed help with his marketing. He, he had a course that he had launched a couple of times, but he just wasn't sure. He wanted to get better results and wasn't sure, you know, 
how to do it. And he just asked me straight up, you know, is this something you think you can help me with? And I, prior to that, I had never really thought about doing that, but I was, I just realized I was able to execute and I, I was able to see and pinpoint the gaps. I have this, this annoying ability to see where gaps are and, and <laughs> it doesn't work out in my personal life so well, but for clients, they love it. Um, and so I was just able to help. And after that, I just, I worked with a coach who said, Hey, you know, you should explore offering this as a service to test it out. Because at the time I was kind of getting burnout on course creation um, for clients. And I did offer it as a service and I didn't really market it much, but it just, every time it just sold, sold, sold. And I was like, okay, there's something here. Marketing is, is a, uh, it's almost an ever, it is an evergreen pain point. You know, even if you're selling, there's probably something in your marketing that you want to optimize. And I realized I, my first love is writing and I'm, I'm good at strategy and, and pinpointing things. And it was just like a breath of fresh air. So that that was the catalyst. Isn't that interesting how sometimes we make things maybe harder, I don't know, than they mm-hmm. should be? I, I kind of heard that when you mentioned that you, you, know, you had this service that you would, whenever you'd offer it, it would sell really easily. And, uh, and maybe it was, it was an area that you could focus on, but for some reason we're like, Oh no, I'm going to keep doing the hard thing. That's, you know, challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, we talked in our pre pre-interview, we talked, uh, I mentioned patterns and like one thing I was stuck in was trying to convince people of the value of getting help, creating their online course. And that was just, there were some people who got it like yourself, right? You, you know, and we had a wonderful time working together, but there were so many people who would just never, they would just never pull the trigger. They constantly needed me to help them understand the value. And I found that with the marketing service, it was the complete opposite. There were people who were coming saying, I have this problem. I need to fix it. I have the money. Let me hire you. And people understand, innately understand the value of marketing. So it was just so much easier. And yeah, it was like this light bulb moment where I said, why am I beating my head against the wall? In fact, my coach had to give me permission. He had to say, look, it's okay (laughs) for you to let go of the other thing of course creation and focus on the marketing. So that's what I started. And I didn't even do it all the way. I didn't even let go all the way. Right. It just it it was like prying it out of my my hands. (laughs) But I gradually got there. You know, I uh, I have this saying that I like to to tell people, which is it's it's really hard to sell religion to non-believers. It's mm-hmm. like one of the hardest businesses that exists. And yeah. it whereas you know selling a different denomination or selling you know a, a new version of the Bible to somebody who's a devout believer in, in whatever religion is is way easier, right? Than trying mm-hmm. to convince somebody to pick it up for the first time. And I think. Trying to sell people on the value of creating a course, I think, falls into that, right? And maybe the more experienced course creators, I mean, maybe they feel comfortable in that like course creation piece, but really helping those first timers create their course. I can see that, right? Of like half the battle is, you know, should I create a course or not, let alone should yeah. I hire an expert to do it? Yeah. And I mean, I think there's so many people who, who, talk about course creation from the standpoint of it being so simple and it's passive income and ev- and a lot of people have bought into that. And so here I come and I'm saying, no, none of that, you know, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's work up front. And, and also I'm an instructional designer. So I care about 
is are people learning? Are people getting the results that you promised them? And just to be frank, not everyone cares about that. A lot of people I found wanted the passive income dream. And so it, that, that just made it 10 times harder. And the ones who did, you know, look, I have a group program and that went, went pretty well, like getting people into the group program who needed guidance. But I just found, yeah, I'm just tr- trying to convince people to let go of that passive income or not let it go, but just to understand they've got to put some work in. And it's just not sexy, right? It's, it's just not. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about an exciting new software product that is really gaining traction in the digital agency world. It's an all-in-one marketing and sales platform, and it's built specifically for agencies. Not only will it help you save money by replacing all of your old software tools, it creates a whole new revenue stream for your agency, and you can white-label it, add your branding, and sell it as your own software product. That's why hundreds of agencies have already made the switch from Infusionsoft, Marketo, and ActiveCampaign. You can get more info and access their unlimited agency plan for just $2.97 a month or start your free trial over at IgniteYourAgency.com. That's IgniteYourAgency.com. You know, I we fight that a lot of, you know, oh, I'm going to create a, you know, a, group, a coaching program or I'm going to create a course or I'm going to create, you know, this uh, book or whatever and it's going to create passive income. And I've always felt yeah. it's such a weird thing, right? Like, you know, whenever you make money while you sleep, it's, it's, you know, you did the work at some other point, which is really cool. Cause you can like, thank your, your past self for like putting mm-hmm. all the hard work in and doing it. And that feels good. Right. But the amount of effort that it takes to create, I mean, we've had multiple seven figure courses and, you know, a lot of those sold in that, you know, we made money. Like I woke up and we had an order, which is super cool. Yeah. But we also like dedicated all, all of our time to it, team members time, your team, you know, your time, yeah. ad buys. I mean, there was huge concerted efforts to make that happen. Uh, I'm sure there's a few stories out there where people just like locked into it, but I, I haven't found many of them. <laughs> yeah. Janelle, we, um, I, I, first of all, you mentioned that you're, uh, you enjoy writing. And I think one mm-hmm. of my uh, pleasures in life has been on your email list and, I think you do a really good job of dropping value, but you also talk a little bit about your personal journey. And there's an email that I got from you. Uh, it was last summer. And I think you had mentioned that <laughs> you kind of took yeah. a break from your business. But I got this email and it was it, it was around uh, a lot of the civil kind of unrest mm-hmm. stuff, the stuff that was happening with Black Lives Matter, protests. And I... I have to say, I mean, I got the email from you and basically you were like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to take a Mm -hmm. break. I need to get involved in this. And I was like super inspired, but I was also kind of like, like I was just, I'll I'll be frank. I mean, I was intimidated and kind of freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. Janelle's like, I don't know what she's going and doing, (laughs) but like we've done so much work together and what's going on. I mean, what, like take us back to like what was going on then for you and and kind of what the the last few months have have done. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone knows, right? 2020 was a whirlwind, but on so many levels, you know, prior to, even prior to the pandemic, I was just in a place where I was, I was kind of feeling burnt out. I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it. And I was really searching for my why. So then the pandemic hits and, you know, 
we're just like frantically trying to stay healthy and and have <laughs> going to the grocery store and buying way too much food, right? And just doing <laughs> doing all of the things. Anybody remember that? We're still working down on some and of then, that food. Just just total. <laughs> Like there's some cans of beans that were like, do we really want to eat beans tonight? Yeah, like we probably know, should right? get rid of them. Yeah. But. Yeah. I've got the garbanzos in the pantry. I totally get it. <laughs> I hate garbanzo beans anyway. <laughs> so yeah. And then we entered into, I, I mean, I think the biggest one for me, what, well, biggest two moments were Brianna Taylor getting murdered and then George Floyd. And for me, particularly like right when Breonna Taylor got murdered was was very close to after the we went on lockdown in the U.S. It just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, and I because I had already been in this very vulnerable place of trying to figure out, OK, I'm just not feeling this. So I just stopped. You know, I just was like, I'm just going to stop. And I don't think it's funny because looking back. I probably wouldn't have given myself permission to stop if it hadn't been for the pandemic and everything else that ensued. What do you what do you mean you just stopped? I'm just I'm going to like and this is going to be it's going to take me some time to wrap my head around <laughs> this because this is, you know, yeah. I think it's it's so counter to what what does that mean? I just stopped. I I was about to do a course launch. I just put that on pause. I was about, I was announcing that I wanted to create a community. I put that on pause. I did not market anything in my business. Now I still had client work because strangely enough, even not marketing, I didn't put out any new content. I stopped my podcast, everything. I stopped everything, but I was getting word of mouth referrals for marketing services. So I still did that. And actually I've never shared this, but I actually went and got a job. No one knows that. <laughs> I went, well, maybe a handful of people, but I went and I was the director of marketing for Crowdcast. So I was doing mm. their email marketing. I needed something different. I needed to not have to think about growing my business during a time where I just felt very emotionally just distraught. You know, there was just so much. And so I just needed something that was that allowed me to have space to figure out what mattered, what was my why, what did I want to do? And yeah, so that's what I, that's what I did. That's what I mean by I stopped. I mean, it sounds incredibly bold and courageous to have the emotional intelligence to realize that you needed to take a step back. Cause I think a lot of yeah. the entrepreneur culture is, you know, Hustle, hustle through grind right <laughs> and do you do you watch uh what is it uh inside the actress studio have you ever watched that yeah, yeah. did you ever see the dave I've chappelle uh mm-hmm. one where he yeah he said like uh one of his mentors said like if it, if it, if it ever gets too weird like have a place that you just go and escape to and i mean he had that multi-million you know 50 million dollar cable contract biggest of all time and he was like he had told himself mm-hmm. if it ever got too weird he's gonna go to africa and he just like he was like Africa. Like he got yeah. he got weird and people yeah. around him were like manipulating him and doing all sorts of weird stuff. And then he just had his like eject button. And it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe to some extent you had that. And I feel like there's I'm sure every entre- I mean, I feel I feel like a lot of people that are probably listening to this show have probably had that moment where they've definitely considered it. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just speak yeah. for myself. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years and I'm like, I'll be honest. I mean, there's been plenty of moments where I'm like, you know, is this my Africa moment? <laughs> you know, is this like my, you know, is it getting too weird? Is it getting, yeah. you know, and, uh, but that can be really hard to decipher. Like when you're really in that moment where you do need to hit pause versus maybe when something's just a little bit hard and you got to push through some resistance. Was there anything that, like you mentioned these Brianna Taylor, you mentioned George Floyd. I mean, yeah. was it, uh, was it the stress? Was it the overwhelm? Was it just the amount of to do's you had on your desk? It wasn't any of that. What it was, like I said, I was already feeling, I just wasn't feeling connected to my work. Mm. And then, you know, those moments hit and it just made me want to do something that I felt connected to. It, and it made me want to figure out what I was connected to because for me, and I don't think I've ever shared this anywhere. So everyone's getting like the real thing. I didn't really have a why mm. for my business. I didn't, you know, I would hear people, I don't have kids. I would hear people talk about their kids being their why and leaving a legacy. I don't have kids. I didn't, I didn't have one. I just did. I was doing something that I really enjoyed and that I was good at, but I didn't feel like it was a why. And so mm. I was just missing that rootedness. And so one of the things that we did when we took a break, my partner and I, we started to, we both wanted to get involved in real estate. I had been reading this book, which I was always sharing, you know, what I was reading with my email list and this book, The Color of Law, it completely shook me up. And it's a book that talks about, you know, the, not just how the government basically sanctioned racial disparity and, and, and put only allowed particularly black people to own property in the worst parts and how it just sanctioned racism as far as housing was concerned. It was like the red zones or something, or they had some kind of uh, redlining, redlining was just one, That's, one method. Yeah, yeah. Redlining was just one method. I'll, I'll give you an example that I didn't know, which is highways. Historically highways were built essentially to displace black communities and so you would see black communities communities it was kind of would kind of separate and displace them and, and not give them access to you know certain things like transportation amenities etc and so we were traveling looking at real estate and i had just finished reading that book and it just really made me think i want to do something that is going to help support particularly black and brown people in the country and Eventually, so we we started our journey. We're on our journey to to real estate, you know, entrepreneurship in the in the real estate realm. And eventually, I started to realize I also wanted to help entrepreneurs of color. And so, going through that moment helped me to come back and find a why to hear people reach out to me and say, "Hey, I don't see a lot of people who look like me talking." about what you're talking about. Thank you for being here. And those were the things that helped me to find my why and my foundation. So, you know, I, that's what I mean when I say I probably wouldn't have given myself permission to take that space and I wouldn't have gotten around to the why if none of that happened. Mm, that's the, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like over the last year, that's that's almost like the the paradox of something like, COVID is yeah. there, there's this old like Chinese proverb called good luck, bad luck. I, I, I told this at one mm -hmm. of our U summit conferences and it's, it's the story of like, 
you know, these quote unquote good luck things would happen and everybody from the village would come by the, you know, the father and say, oh, you've had such good fortune, but always like that good fortune always led to like a bad thing. And then like the bad <laughs> thing led to a good thing. Like one of the, the, his son like broke his arm and everybody was came by and yeah. said, oh, that's such bad luck. But then the, you know, the army came through and, 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 uh, you know, conscripted or whatever, conscripted everybody, you know, drafted them into the military, but they couldn't draft him because he had like a broken leg or whatever. Right. Uh, and then everybody mm -hmm. came and said, oh, wow, your son is not drafted and hasn't had to go off to war and die like all of ours. Like you've had such good luck. Right. And so it's <laughs> like I, I that's been a proverb that's been really like front and center for me over the last year because mm -hmm. it's like the initial reaction is, of course, this has been so bad. And I think there's there's a lot of people that it's been absolutely awful for. And I think we all kind of had our own suffering at some level, right? Yeah. Whether you're single or have a, you know, you're trying to grow a life with your your partner or starting a business or trying to grow a business or have kids or whatever, right? Everybody has their own kind of version of the last year. But I mean, it sounds like for you, that was, that was rediscovering your why. How much time did you, you know, quote unquote, like shut things down in terms of being externally active and engaged because it sounds like you were still working you got to yeah. make money um sounds like that didn't totally stop but like what would you say mm -hmm. was your like period of complete shutdown i think i shut down like late march early april i shut down for nine months i didn't start back up until january of this year now i did november and december i was doing a lot of overhauling of my my own marketing systems um but i still wasn't you know i wasn't marketing anything i was just behind the scenes working on things so so yeah nine months of of not not really marketing or pushing out things as far as my business is concerned what was your feeling when it was time to like whatever that first thing was whether it was like an email i assume yeah. an email to your list was probably the thing that felt yeah. most heavy <laughs> what was yeah. your what was what did it feel like it, it was scary, you know, because when you take that break from reaching out, because I was putting out emails to my list every every week, sometimes a couple times a week. Right. So then it's like, OK, I disappeared. Now, I have to say my audience is amazing. And when I first sent out that initial email in March, so many people reached out and just said, we support you. Can't wait till you come back. Take all the time you need. Mm. And, you know, you can't. Like you can't replace that. Yeah. So I knew that, and I think I emailed it the next time was October and I was like, I'm going to be coming back. And then I immediately was like, eh, I'm just going to take you for, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the holidays and all of that. So, but yeah, it was, it was definitely some trepidation, but I knew that I had to do it. And, and also because of everything, the pause that I went through, I realized the importance of leadership, which I don't think is something I really spent a lot of time thinking about. You know, I thought about entrepreneurship. I thought about, you know, all the ways of running a business, but really standing up and being a leader and showing up for people. And so I knew that I had to get back to it. Plus, I knew that I was unemployable. Told you I got a job. That didn't work out too well for me. So how so? Because I, I, I mean, we're we're almost a couple hundred episodes in, and I've heard yeah my fair share of entrepreneurs use that phrase, right? Oh, I'm unemployable. But like, what was it? Uh, what I mean, you actually are. You you did the test, right? You're like, hey, am I? You know, everybody says it. they're unemployable, yeah. but like, not everybody actually goes and you know test that. 
Well, I think a couple of things. One is, you know, now everybody is working from home, but I've been, do, I've been working from, I mean, you get it. I've been working where I want to work from for years, right? I started my entrepreneurial journey in 2012, well, 2013, technically. So I, it was very hard for me to, to answer to other people. Like, mm. and I was answering to the CEO. It was just hard for me to have to be in certain places at certain times. Meetings, I hate meetings. <laughs> so it was really hard. And the CEO, he loved meetings. So it was just a cultural clash. And I realized, you know, you get to a certain point where you realize I'm the problem. Mm. <laughs> I'm the one who needs to step away. I did enjoy working with the team. Um, and I enjoyed, you know, just being able to support and the, and the, the Crowdcast team is, is amazing. Um, but I knew that I am a person who needs to be in that leadership role and I need to have agency over what I work on and how I work. And, you know, frankly, when you, you don't always have that when you join a team. Mm, that's a really good, you know, I feel like that's a much better answer than I'm unemployable, that you want to have mm -hmm. agency over your work. And that's something that I think, yeah. well, maybe there's some companies out there that, that could offer that. Maybe, I don't know, right? I mean, I think that that's a big driver for people that are entrepreneurs and that pursue this space. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e, the number two, m, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. Did you, so so you went on search of your why. You have reemerged. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, million dollar question. Have we, have <laughs> we found our why? Have we crystallized it into some kind of statement or is it still a work in progress? The statement is a work in progress, uh, but I feel very emboldened by just knowing who I'm showing up for, if that makes sense. And also understanding, uh, well, I will take a step back and say, you know, working at a job also made me appreciate being an entrepreneur, you know, appreciate being able to pave my own way. So I have that appreciation. I have, you know, the understanding of who I'm showing up for. And I also have this greater mission of helping more black and brown people to, you know, build businesses and wealth. So that's where I'm at. I don't have a, a, a great statement. I haven't figured, now I'm feeling pressured, Brent. Now I'm going to like get off of this and have to try to figure out a nice, succinct statement. I don't statement. know. I mean, helping <laughs> black and brown people build businesses and wealth. I mean, that's I mean, you can go take it however you, however far you want. That <laughs> felt pretty good to me. So you might already be sitting on the statement. You know, you might already have yeah. it. You just haven't really. Yeah. Like maybe it, maybe it feels. Uh, does it feel uncomfortable to you? No, it doesn't. I think before it did, but I've been doing. I mean, I did a lot of self work in 2020, and I had to unpack a lot of stuff. And I think that I'm in a good place to finally step forward and and just say, hey, you know, let me help you do this. 
Was there anything that you did in that unpacking process, like uh, any kind of process that you went through or tool or method or framework? Or I mean, what was what what ended up being kind of your recipe that that helped you kind of process through this stuff? For me, it was therapy. You know, I started therapy in 2019. And prior to that, you know, I, I try to normalize talking about therapy because I think everyone can benefit from it. And I, especially entrepreneurs. Prior to that, I would have never thought I was someone who needed therapy. Like I'm good. You know, <laughs> I don't, I thought therapy was only if you had like really major messed up stuff <laughs> happen to you. Right. And I learned that it, that is absolutely, I mean, that's true, but it's not the only reason. And the thing about therapy is it forces you to look in the mirror. It forces you to really see things about yourself and unpack them. And so, yeah, it just helped me to, to see patterns, to see habits, to just see areas where I had mindset blocks. And once you, at least for me, once I see something, I'm on it. I'm like, okay, I got to work on that. So, yeah. Just that like awareness piece of just becoming aware mm-hmm. of what you're doing. And, um, yeah, because we can we can BS ourselves, right? You know, and it's different when you have a therapist, when you have someone who's holding you accountable and going, hey, let's dig into this thing, you know? Whereas if it's just you, you kind of could brush it to the side. It was just, it's a, it's a whole different experience. So I, I highly recommend it. It's been super helpful. Mm. Were there any mindset blocks or habits? I mean, any specific examples you have of something that you, once you became aware of it, you were like, oh, wow, like that's been mm-hmm. holding me back or that's really been, maybe that that kind of has been one of the issues of getting me here, right? Was there anything that was kind of like big and glaring or maybe even small and just and had a big impact on you? Yeah. So, and I think I shared this with you early, I've been really focused on patterns, mm-hmm. you know, going beyond habits to what are the things, what are the behaviors that I do so often that they've almost become a form factor or a model? This is this is part of who I am now. And are those things helping me or are they holding me back? And so one pattern I identified is I'm, I'm an introvert naturally and I tend to try to figure things out on my own. I've always been that way. And I really, I just noticed that in so many different areas of my life. Um, Not that I have trouble building relationships, but I will go into my cocoon and really just try to figure things out alone. And I, that's one pattern that I had to just kind of say, okay, I don't think this is helping me. I think I need to change this and really start trying different ways of doing things. So yeah, that that was that was one of the biggest ones for me. So instead of solving problems on your own, going and reaching out to others, and of course you did this mm-hmm. during the year that everybody had to like <laughs> lock down and, and not be around yeah. other people. So great year to realize that you want to rely on other humans. That's uh, I'm sure that was easy <laughs> from the comfort of Zoom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one example is so for I shared this in with my email list recently. Uh, Facebook ads. I suck at Facebook ads. And, you know, again, patterns, I would always just try to figure things out on my own. And finally, I invested in a program about a month ago and, you know, it's been helping. It's like, it's so great to have someone else say, who's an expert Mm. to say, Hey, let's look at this thing. 
And if I hadn't unpacked that about myself, I would have just kept either not just ignoring Facebook ads and saying it's too hard or doing something different or outsourcing it to someone. But I actually wanted to figure it out and get better at it. And I got tired of, of my own patterns holding me back. Yeah, that's cool. I love hearing that story of identifying it, becoming aware of it, and kind of some examples of what you're doing to overcome mm-hmm. it. So Janelle, this has been awesome. I love catching up with you. I, I uh, It's been a while. I think we had you on the program. It's been maybe over, a, definitely over a year. Uh, so we'll link out to the other show that we interviewed you on um, in our show notes for sure. But uh, I love the themes. I love the break. I love getting a little peek behind the curtain of what all that meant to you and how you've changed things from, from my perspective dramatically going from course creation to helping people actually market and launch those courses and working with existing course creators. That's just, it's, it's subtle, but it's big, right? It's like a small to an outsider. They're like, I don't know. It sounds the same to me, but like to somebody who understands your work, like that's a huge paradigm shift. So congrats on making that. Are you ready for our lightning round? Let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? (sighs) Build your focus on having more time rather than more money. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? My ability to just see a thing through to completion. Uh, That that rare follow through (laughs) superpower. Yes. <laughs> Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use regularly these days that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, Loom is my I love that app. I use it every day. I use it with clients. Uh I use it after I have sales calls. I'll send a Loom over and just do have be an actual person speaking to them on video. So Loom, if you're not using it, check it out. You can um, you can definitely record videos and, and replace meetings and just use it for a bunch of other purposes as well. And what book would you recommend and why? And I will also link out to The Color of Law that was mentioned in this episode, mm-hmm. but uh, what book could you recommend uh, these days for our listeners and why? If we're talking business books, the book that changed the game for me was Profit First. And so Mike, I'm going to butcher his last name, Mikowski, I think. Mikalowitz. But if anyone... <laughs> Okay, Mikalowicz. See, I I had it wrong. Profit first. Definitely check it out. It's going to change how you handle accounting and and everything and just how you focus on profit from the jump. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Mike's book and also his other books and probably just his Amazon Mm -hmm. uh, author page. Great, great dude. We've had him on the show before. We'll also link out to Mike's interview for those of you that are on the road or on a run or like me on your bike, check that out at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll link out to Loom. We'll have lots of good takeaways, nuggets, and uh, and then those links out to the books and other stuff that we've mentioned over the course of this episode. Janelle, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah. So they can find my website is janelleallen.com. And if you are wanting to create an online course for the first time, uh, I have an online course roadmap. If you just go to get.janelleallen.com slash roadmap, you can grab that. Otherwise, you can just go to the website and, and opt in for my email list and, and get my weekly emails. And I want to just give a plug for your email list. They got to go. If you listen <laughs> to this and you want to see somebody who does email really well, 
just that combination of, uh, I think your, your business focus, but also on being very, very human. I don't, I don't even want to know what your open rate is because I'm going to feel super inadequate about our open rate, but I'm sure it's way higher than ours. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me what's your open rate. Curious. I mean, I just switched back to ConvertKit, so so it's it's not accurate. But with Drip, it was it was about forty five percent. Oh, so good, forty five percent average <laughs> open rates. I think that's that's huge, way above industry standard. Let's just put it that way. So check it out, JanelleAllen dot uh, If you are out and about, we'll link out to your website, your social media profiles. We'll link out directly to your email list. Sign up. So people can get that, all the book recommendations um, and that free how to create a course roadmap. I mean, that's super cool, right? I mean, it sounds like you're kind of just helping people like, hey, go launch your course and then I'll help you launch it Mm -hmm. or, you know, go make your course and I'll help you launch it and market it. Yep, absolutely. So I'd love to connect. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Awesome. Well, Janelle, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.